think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby, and you feed your baby. We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this. There is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle protective care your little one needs. And that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddler's in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to We Can Do Hard Things. Um, This is a really exciting day because we decided to add an episode each week. And the reason we decided to do that is because, well, we missed you. Once a week didn't seem enough. Um, Also, we were hearing from you that you felt quite abandoned for the rest of the week. Um, And thirdly, the responses to each episode and the questions you're sending are so amazing. And there are so many, and we haven't been able to get to enough of them on our first episode each week. So now we're coming to you for a second episode. Hi, sister. Hello, G-Bird. This is so wild. I'm looking at you and your background looks completely different. And you, this is the first time I'm seeing you in your new state. I know. And you all, if it's a little bit echoey, I'm very sorry. I'm doing my best, but I am in a house with nary a piece of furniture. Um, and so the echo is just the empty halls of this home, which is in a new place. We moved from Florida to Southern California, all the way across the whole damn country, um, with all of us, the whole fam family. So me, Abby, Craig, Chase, Tish, Emma, our four dogs, just the whole, it was like national lampoons move across the country, but we made it. And we're here. And now I'm even further from you, sister. I miss you. It was those hours that you're all in the plane. I mean, it was the most anxious the whole time. I'm like, everyone, that one little bucket of tin has all of my people in it. And I couldn't breathe. It was really tough. But then you <laughs> landed and I realized I probably need to get medicated. And it was <laughs> it was so happy. I'm so excited for you, for all of you. Thank you. We're excited too. It's all the newness here. We're trying to figure things out. We don't know anybody. We don't know what to do with ourselves. It's like that very beginning of moving where you realize, oh, I don't have a doctor. I don't have an orthodontist for my kids. I don't have any Mm. friends. I don't know. So that's just um, like me normally, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Here for 20 years, but that's fine. (laughs) Right. So maybe it's actually a good excuse. Like it makes sense that I don't have any of those things, but it's interesting that you say how you, you know, you've done things the last 20 years because I, the kids keep saying, well, how am I going to make friends? How am I going to make friends? Mm. And you realize, oh my God, that is such a huge responsibility when you move kids. It's like, 
you're kind of, you have to help them co-create this whole other life, this whole new life. And so Abby and I have been talking about a lot and, and then we are like, wait, we have to make friends. Like, how do we make friends? Like Emma gets to go to soccer, but like, I have no activity. Where am I going to meet people? Yeah, but that's elective. I mean, I feel like for kids, when you think about the reality of being a kid, okay, it makes, I mean, it makes me just my blood go cold. I mean, here is, here, small child, get on this bus, go be shipped to this place, be surrounded by strangers, hopefully someone you've seen before, and have to forge your way Every day. I mean, they have to make friends. They're just in this world. You and Abby could decide you don't want to make friends. You and Craig and Abby could hang out forever. But the they have to. It just feels very precarious and scary to be a child. And then they have to go. Oh, and then by the way, and God, as a teacher, I used to watch this. We tell them, you know, make friends, be with people who are good to you. And then they don't get to pick who they hang out with. Like exactly. They're stuck in the same class on the same team. It's like the one thing about being a grown up that is good. <laughs> the one thing is you actually get to choose who you spend your time with. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and then that is also the hard thing about being a grown up. I mean, we're going to have to do a whole episode on friendship and what the hell it is and how we all do it or don't do it because I have always been just freaking terrible at it. I don't get it. I think it's because you and I have been kind of everything to each other since we were born, right? So we haven't relied on outside people to, I don't know. Why do you think that, that I'm so bad at, it's like when I meet someone, first of all, as a sensitive person, I'm just hyper aware of everything they're doing and saying and everything I'm feeling and all of the things. But also it feels like when you start a friendship, you're, you're signing a contract or something like, like the person's going to, we're going to start texting and then that's going to lead to emailing. And then that's going to lead to invitations. And then I'm going to be in this situation where I've lost complete control of my life. And this person's going to expect things of me that I can't do. And I'm going to end up disappointing someone. As an introvert, I always feel like I'm going to end up disappointing someone. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. I think it's based on what people need. I mean, you, when you have, with your friendships, what you need is someone who you have a deep soul alignment with, who you feel understood and can understand and that you trust deeply. And that person can be your very close friend and you can talk to them once every year and a half. And that fills your bucket up completely. Yes. Whereas other people, that is not their love language. Like they need the togetherness, the constant contact, the fun together, the whatever fills up their bucket. And when you don't have an alignment of those things, it's just some one person hustling to meet the, to fill up the other person's bucket. But you're, that's why you and Liz are so beautiful Mm -hmm. together because that's how you operate. And so I think it's just a difference in what people are looking for. But when I was leaving Naples, some this small group of friends that I had made that I didn't spend a lot of time with actually, but I did love. They were all so wonderful. And I was leaving and I had this deep regret feeling 
of like, why mm. didn't I spend more time with these people? Oh, why? Wow. Like they were right here and they're so awesome. And I didn't spend. So what I'm trying to tell you is that I am going to be a new woman here. That's my goal. Like I want to spend the next decade now that my kids are older, figuring out friendship. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Heard it here first. Glennon's going to be a new woman. Get ready. She's texting all y'all back. Well, no. It starts now. No, 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 no. That's scary. But, but we decided we're going to say yes to everything. Craig actually knows someone here. And we saw this person while we were on a family walk the other day. And this person invited us to this thing this weekend, which I believe is like a get together where people are just going to like get together. Get together? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. California is wild. I know. And she, and and the, the, the woman who was so nice and open said, would you all like to come? And guess what I said, sister? I said, yes. We are going to be the yes family of the next several months. Anyone, we're just going to say yes to anything the universe invites us to. And we're going to try to make friends. And I'm really, I'm really excited. Okay. I want you listener and me to begin the countdown to the point in um, an episode, three episodes (laughs) from now in which Glennon turns from the yes person to the yes, but please give me your phone number so I can regretfully cancel on the day of. Right. Exactly. Well, usually when I make a plan, then I just feel like it's a game of chicken that I'm hoping the other person cancels first. So I wait, hope, because if the other person cancels, it's so ideal because then you don't look like the flaky one who canceled. You can be so gracious that they canceled, you know, oh, disappointed, but it's okay. And it's just so ideal, you know? So what I'm saying, sister, is that um, I do want to to have friendship in my life and um, I am going to try because we can do hard things. Thank you. New state, new chapter. Here we go, friendship. Here we go. Give it an old college try. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Okay. So here's what we're going to do now. We have so many, had so many amazing questions after our um, conversation this week on parenting. I mean, when I tell you that we had thousands and thousands of questions through our Instagram and also through our voicemails, I would not be exaggerating. It was absolutely amazing. So we are going to get to a few more of them today during our hard cues. Does that sound good? It sounds great. And I think that um, who knows if we will have answers to any of these, but I think it's just, it was just astounding how many hundreds of uh, questions came in that were the exact same story. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just for, for, listening to understand that we are all having very similar experiences. (laughs) And it's, and I think it's just, who knows if we have answers, but telling the story might make sure that you don't feel alone in your story. Yeah. I, um, when you were talking, I just thought of this old poem that's like, I thought it was I alone who suffered. And then I climbed on my roof and saw that every house is on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, that's parenting. Like, right. Nobody's alone. Every damn house is on fire. Um, and so, yeah, we don't have answers. I mean, we, I just got a letter from my friend Karen when I moved from Naples and the back of it said, thank you for being a curious listener. 
Thank you for never offering directions to places you've never been. Oh my God, that's good. Because you always use it on other people and you don't accept directions, but you also do such a good job of not offering directions because you've never been where these people are going. That's no. beautiful. So if I'm just saying to you, sweet listener, if it feels like we're not answering the questions directly, that's because we're not answering the questions directly. <laughs> Because we don't really have any answers. We just have, you know, solidarity. Right. Right. Okay. So let's go. Let's hear our first question. Okay. This first question is a write-in, which is my favorite. How many Disney movies a day is too many? Oh, bless you. How many Disney movies? Okay. Well, the specificity of the Disney movie reference um, requires me to interject First of all, if it's a Disney movie, you must make sure that you're telling your little one, okay, little one, we do not sacrifice our voices for princes, okay? We do not fall asleep for years and be unconscious waiting for some prince to kiss us awake. Okay, so we do make sure that we, um, you know, are challenging old ridiculous messages in the Disney movies. Having said that, I have big feelings about screen time, sister. And I think that maybe any real parenting experts who are listening (laughs) might blow up our feed after this, but I'm going to tell you something. I feel like most of my angst raising little kids was about freaking screen time. I mean, it was like this idea that a good parent had limited screen time and a bad parent had lots of screen time. And that was like the main indicator. And like all day when I was just dripping with children and like trying to keep everyone occupied, there was this running shame voice in my head. Like how many hours has it been? How many minutes has it been? And I I don't know. I just put so much guilt upon myself for how long they were watching TV. Then I started thinking about what that is all about. And I think there's some part of it that is our culture's obsession with constant productivity and no rest. It's like when we see people resting, especially our children who we are supposed to be responsible for molding, we feel shame because our culture teaches us that rest is shameful, right? But when I think about, when I think back actually, sister, to my best memories of childhood, (laughs) My, and this could be because of my homebodiness and my obsession with coziness, but my best memories are, do you remember on Thursday nights when we used to actually be able to sit down on the couch and watch Family Ties? Mm-hmm. And just That's all why snuggle? we quit gymnastics. Yes, because it was yeah. on Thursday nights. <laughs> yes, we were not ready to give up our one freaking half hour of sitting there. Like snuggling up with your family or yourself and like being on the couch and watching TV is so wonderful. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And that's, I think the, I mean, I, I love the question because it's the difference between like, if you're on a tablet 24 hours a day or if yeah, you, that's a different thing, right? Please see my child playing God knows what on whatever terrible video game it is. But 
that it feels wholesome, the movie nights or the TV <laughs> nights. It feels like, look at us. We're basically doing an activity. Oh my God. Haven't you gotten to that point? Like the screen time, the individual screen time has become so intense that now if my whole family is watching TV together, I'm like, oh my God, this is a freaking Norman Rockwell moment. Like we uh-huh. are, this is a plus parenting. We are basically camping in a national park right oh now. Oh my <laughs> God. This is a shared experience of love and joy. And and by the way, I'm going to say this one thing. I like doing things with the kids. I like adventures, yada, yada. But my favorite family moments are when we are all in a row staring at something, not talking. And mm-hmm. it's just when it's a screen, that's helpful. Like when we are snuggled together, no one is talking to each other and we are all together. I love that. I love when no one is talking to each other. So I don't know. I so just, the answer is none. No, the, no, no, no. It's, none it, is too many. The, no, opposite of that. Wait. There is, is no such thing as too many right. movies <laughs> with togetherness and family time. Also, you heard, you heard it here. You heard it here first. Watch them. And then if you watch like a documentary, forget it. That's like your, that counts as reading time too. Right. Right. Think, you know what you can do if you're worried about reading time and teaching your children, just turn on the closed captions. (laughs) Excellent reading activity. We read for eight hours today. Oh my God. And then, you know, they yell for a snack and you give them an apple. That's freaking health class basically you know, and then they have to figure out the remote technology, Technology. STEM, STEM. STEM. You're basically creating a STEM genius. So, um, you heard it from the sisters here. We can do easy things like lots of movies, incorporating the curriculum into that couch time. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, so you know I love good wordplay. And Third Love is crushing their wordplay here. When you have a bra that pinches or slips or just isn't comfortable at all or is comfortable but isn't your style, you've got problems. <laughs> How excited was Third Love when they thought of problems? Well done, Third Love. I see you. When you wear Third Love bras, You've got no problems. They fix the problem of size exclusivity with their famous half cup sizes that revolutionized the industry by giving more options to find a bra that fits. And they fixed the problem of guessing what bra will fit you with their virtual fitting room and other helpful guides. A bra size chart, a bra 101 education section that's basically an FAQ for all your burning questions, and a ton of great reviews from real people. My sister just texted me, 99 problems, but pinching isn't one. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. Okay, next question. This is a call-in. So, yeah, my name is Alexandra. Um, I am sitting here calling you, uh, rocking my baby. I guess I have a question about my baby and parenthood. Um, I'm wondering if y'all have advice on navigating 
um, some of the transitions with identity when it comes to becoming a new parent, I've just been sort of blindsided by how quickly I feel like my priorities um, have shifted and how the impact that becoming a mother has had in my relationship with my friends and with my my husband and with my my own parents and my siblings. Um, so I, I guess <laughs> if you have any thoughts on how to navigate um, being a new parent and um, understanding identity shifts, <laughs> uh, that would be really great. I, I love your show and I hope you guys are doing okay. Bye. Okay. Well, I want to start by saying navigating is probably not the right word. Like navigating is when I think of a boat and you're holding like a map and the weather is fine. And you're like, which way should we go? I'm going to plan this trip. But she said she was rocking a baby. Okay. Which Mm -hmm. means she just had a baby. So your boat there's a large storm. A large storm has come. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a very mm-hmm. large storm. And you're a captain of that boat. And so the map is gone. Like you're not right now deciding which way to go, planning a route. Okay. You're when the baby comes, the storm is a brewing and Batten you're the hatches, people. <laughs> Batten the freaking hatches. Like you're not like, oh, how do I navigate my friendships? How do I navigate my relationship with your, your friends are dead to you. Your mom's dead to you. This is not, no. Okay. This is storm level. Um, it's like emergency time, right? It's like the fog of war. I remember <laughs> I, I, when, when that was the most helpful, one of my friends like three weeks in texted me and was like, how is it going in the fog of war? And it was so liberating because it really truly <laughs> feels like you're in a war zone and you're just like, you're like army crawling through the day. And and I think I think if we just set it up like that, then people would feel less um, ashamed of yes. the very logical consequences <laughs> of war. But, <laughs> but Alexander just put all those words together. I mean, Alexander is... <laughs> Is an overachiever. And a guess half. who shouldn't? Guess who doesn't need an answer from us, Alexandra? <laughs> damn Lord right. have mercy. Yeah, Alexandra, you with all of those fancy sentences um, and words that make sense are crushing it. Okay, um, I really. But for everyone else who was more like us and not putting together sentences at the beginning, I mean. You know, we talk a lot about identity and and keeping ourselves, and you know that's what Untamed was all about. And I just don't think any of it applies to new parents. Like, yeah. I don't think you can have nice things with you. <laughs> you can't have nice things like an identity and peace. It's just survival mode. So I think one thing you can do is release the the desire, release the need for that, and just know that during this time. It is a bit of a time outside of time, right? Yeah. And and you don't have to be terrified that you're never, ever going to get yourself back. You will. If you're already thinking yeah. about getting yourself back when you have an infant, that's coming. Okay? So um, there will be a time when, once again, you're trying to find your soul, you know, separate from this role that you've just taken on. 
But for now, Alexandra, just go easy. Go easy on you. The war will pass. The storm will pass. You once again will be navigating your own life. So true. And when you think about it, how many times does someone start? You start a brand new big job, right? You just got a big promotion. You start a brand new job. People lead with, oh, have you seen, you know, Mark lately? No, he just got a brand new position. He's really over. Like, Mark isn't worried about his his identity and navigating his relationship. <laughs> Mark just got a brand new, really big ass job. Okay. Right, right. So did you, Alexandra. You just you just keep on keeping on through that job and you'll come back. You'll come back. Be like Mark. Be like Mark. <laughs> I wish you got paid like Mark. Alexandra. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do I? Damn it to hell, Mark. Um, okay. This is a write-in. Glennon, did you ever feel guilty for just wanting to be alone sometimes? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Okay, I just, this is, this is the story I want to tell about this. It's quick, I promise. But um, I was doing Dr. Brene Brown's podcast early in the Untamed Days when it first came out. And we were talking about this ridiculous situation we find ourselves in in parenting where we are still human beings who have needs, but like suddenly no one cares. (laughs) (laughs) N-A, not applicable. Not applicable. Your needs and personality and um, none of that matters, right? Um, And Brene was talking about this situation where she had just come home from this long business trip, okay? And she was freaking exhausted. She was freaking mm-hmm. exhausted, but she got home and that night, one of her kids had this school event and she felt, she just felt like she could not go mm-hmm. because she was so desperate for some alone time. Because and I'm she, sure she gets mobbed at those things. Exactly. And- of course she does. And she just needed a minute, but of course the mom guilt of like, mm-hmm. oh, I've already been gone. And now I'm going to tell my kid that I can't go to a school thing. I probably missed three things this week and now I'm here. Yeah. But she, her, her, her need was so desperate that she just did it. She said to her son, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't go to that thing. I have, I need some alone time. Right. Yeah. Okay. A week later, her kid there was something that he was supposed to go to for school. And he said, no, I'm not going to go. I can't go. I don't want to go. He came to her and told her a story about how he feels like he's an introverted person. And sometimes he feels like there's no space for him in the world, that he has to go to all of these things, or he's being mean, or he's being antisocial, or he's being whatever. He didn't know that you got to say, no, I have needs. I need alone time. He didn't know that until Brene did it, until Brene modeled it for him. And her saying, no, I'm not going to her own kid's thing allowed him the freedom to say, oh, I see. We are human beings who have needs and personalities and we get to assert them. We get to say no. So I would just say to that caller, like, or that write-in, maybe switch it. Like instead of saying, oh, I have this need that is going to take away from my child. Like it's a zero sum game. It's like, no, I have this need and I need to show it to my child. So my child knows that whatever needs they have, they get to get met also. That's so good. Cause same, same with every other need. Yes. If you need to cry in this moment because you're so overwhelmed. I'd, I'll do that sometimes where I'll just, I used to try to keep it in and then I'll just like 
get super upset and I'll just say, I'm having a really rough time right now. It's not you guys. It's just, I'm having a really rough time. And I'll, it's, it's just for any need that you're modeling, then they don't have to be secretive about their own needs or feel like there's something wrong with them. Yes. good. So then one day when Bobby's or Alice is feeling overwhelmed and they just need to break down, they get to, Mm because they've seen their mom have that freedom and they get to have that freedom too, without shame. So, um, yeah, that's my answer to that suite. Just be alone. Talk about your need to be alone in front of your kids. Great. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Here's another write-in. Glennon, why do they just keep talking? <laughs> oh, my God. Because we taught them that. We, we steered them so wrong. This is my thought about that. So when I was growing up, I felt we all had different parents. Our parents were raising us in different generations. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So I always had this feeling that there was not enough room for me to, to speak or to have big feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. As a kid. So in response, because so many of us are just parenting in response, right? Everything that our parents did, we're just doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So here's what happens when that's the way we parent. I taught my children to express every freaking thing Mm -hmm. that comes to their freaking minds, to talk about every feeling that they have. And sometimes, sister, you know this, sometimes I'm listening, I'm looking at my child who has been speaking at me for two hours about their feelings. It's like a hostage situation, right? And I'm just looking at them thinking, oh, I have done you so wrong. Like I should have taught you the benefits of suffering silently. (laughs) I have overcorrected. And now you think that everybody cares about every single thing that you think or feel or what. So I still prefer that to not having enough room. And I think in the long run, it works out. But it's just this idea that we're really just like pendulum parenting. Actually, we should do a whole episode about that. Just this idea that we're pendulum parenting, that whatever childhood trauma we have, we just go the absolute opposite and just screw them up the other way. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly right. Kind of like how we were like... There was very, we knew what we were supposed to do and what we weren't supposed to do. And there was a lot of discipline in our house. And I feel like I go the opposite way where I'm like, well, I know, I realize why this would be so frustrating to you. And I know it's so, and then I'm like, uh oh, I accidentally made assholes. (laughs) So it, because I'm just so, I don't want the like hyper, disciplined environment and it's going completely the other way. And it's so fascinating because if you really, I know this is off the talking concept, but I was talking to my 
friend who also had a very disciplined household and she was like one of very many children she they all the it was all like work ethic um taking care of yourself taking care of the family so at six years old she's she is baking um the entire family's bread consumption for the week they literally had the chickens she's baking for the family very so needless to say she's a very self-sufficient person has been through a lot so we were talking recently about you know we did, we've learned to take care of ourselves so much and we, we're we growing up raising these kids who are going to have other people tying their shoes until they graduate from college because they were just handing them everything in response to that. Correct. And I was like, I just don't know. They're just going to, are they ever going to get a job? And she's like, you know what? I don't know if that's true. She's mm-hmm. like, we... Mm-hmm tell ourselves that, but is that true? And can we just, might they just be happy? And is that okay? And it made me think of this idea that sometimes we reframe our things that we've been through, our difficulties, and and we create this like causal link between those difficulties and our strength now Mm. to make sense of it, right? To say it's because of that, that we're like this. But it's just super interesting to think, is that is that always the case? And do we actually, does the pendulum, because there's always this guilt, right? The same thing with now my kids have no discipline and I have this guilt because they're not going to have the self-discipline I have. Like, is that true? Or is it that we just, is it that we just create a story about the stories of our life and about how we came out? And that they're not everything and we're raising our kids and not everything our kids are need to be in response to our own stories and our own experiences. Yeah, that's so true. It's like we're creating the pendulum out of air. Like maybe the stories aren't really at all. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. But yes, they talk way too much. (laughs) Okay, here's a call in. My name is Allie. Um, First of all, hello to Glennon's sister. In the pod squad, I'm just curious, uh, after hearing you guys talk about drinking and both of your relationships with it, how both or either of you approach it with your children and as especially your children who are like in high school or going into college. Uh, That's a really interesting topic for me that I feel like isn't covered a lot in most substance podcasts or talks. Thank you guys so much. This is a tricky one. I have no... um you know, like black and white answers for this, because for us, it's talking about alcohol has been kind of like talking about sex. Like we just do it often, but like poorly. <laughs> like we don't really you do what. sex, you do sex often and poorly. No, we don't. We, we don't No, We just do sex poorly. <laughs> but, but the sex talks is what I'm saying. Like, it's not okay. like a, a one-time thing. It's just like this ongoing attempt right. to- Basically, when I'm talking about alcohol or sex with my kids, I'm not really trying to deliver any information. I'm really not. I'm just trying to make the actual topic less terrible and awkward to talk about. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Because I never know exactly. I I mean, sex is a freaking quagmire of confusion for me. So (laughs) it's, 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 
not like it's not like I have any expertise I'd like to share. You're like, would you like broccoli or carrots tonight? Vulva. Anyway. Exactly. Um, like, like, and P.S. I think so. The kids now are like whatever, mid-teens to older teens. It's just starting to become less terribly awkward to talk about. And I've been trying for so many years. Anyway, she's talking about alcohol. Okay. My kids know everything about my alcoholism. Not every detail, but they do know that their mom started drinking very, very early and that it became addicted to alcohol and that it deeply negatively affected my life for a very long time until I quit. And that... Abby and I are a sober family, right? So they don't see alcohol in our house. We're not, um, we have no alcohol. Um, And they also know that they have likely a gene that might make them more susceptible to becoming addicted to alcohol should they allow it to become part of their life. Okay. Um, So... I would say that um, I don't know in the long run how that will affect them. I don't know if they will be drinkers. I don't know if they will be sober. I don't know any of that. I don't know how it's going to affect them in the long run. I just know that they do have the information that they need. And I'm trying to um, just kind of make sure that they know the truth about that. What do you, you have much younger kids. What do you plan to or do you already talk about? Uh, we just talk about. I mean, they were, they know what wine is. They know what beer is. They know they 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 did ask when I stopped drinking. They asked, "Well, why did you stop drinking? And if there was a reason for you to stop, why does Daddy still drink?" So you know, they're obviously noticed things. And I just said, "I I stopped drinking because I." was concerned that there was that I could possibly become addicted to drinking and addicted to drinking means that you um that it controls you instead of you controlling it and daddy does not have the same fear or concerns about being addicted and that and I just say drinking is you know having some alcohol is fine when you start to feel out of control it isn't but it's mm-hmm. fine for some people and not fine for other people. So we don't, t- we ha- I haven't talked to them about their predisposition to this yet, but we just kind of talk about it regularly. Yeah. And in I that way. And it's interesting when there's one parent that dr- ha- drinks alcohol and the other one that doesn't. You have to be very careful, we have found, not to assign moral value to deciding mm-hmm. not to drink or to drink, right? Because if you are a sober family, you know, if Abby and I are sober, the kids as young, I was afraid that they would start to think, oh, not drinking good, drinking bad. Because Craig has beers, right? Mm-hmm. So I did notice that, you know, one of my kids would start to make comments about people who were drinking, like they were making bad choices, even if they were adults, mm-hmm. you know? So I had to kind of get in there with that. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location, it's the neighborhood, it's so much more. 
If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with state rankings and student-to-teacher ratios. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Such amazing cues. I think that this um, parenting Q&A or q and more cues. Q and Q. <laughs> Q and is Q and S. Q and solidarity. Yes. yes. Um, but we want to end our second, our episode two a week with something that is making life easier, right? Because we can do hard things, but sometimes we just need a little ease and joy. Um, so I have a couple things. Can I start this one? Yes. I don't know if you have anything that's making life easier, but I have two things. Okay. The first thing is um, this show that I can't tell you. I I love it so much. My whole family loves it. We've been just inhaling it and it's called Hacks. Okay. Oh my gosh. You've been tweeting about this. Oh my God. I cannot stand it. It's Jean Smart who is just so freaking brilliant in it. And it's about this older woman comedian and younger woman comedian and how their lives intertwine. And it's just, it's, it's feminist, but it's like, and it end it's full of heart and the writing is incredible and the messages are so good. And our whole family has been watching it together. There's a few spicy parts that we had to, you know, like sweat through with the children. So just know that. Um, they'll have, they'll start some good sex and drug talks actually, if you would like to jumpstart those conversations. Another reason the movie night is so good. Right. (gasps) Look at that. It's like a freaking after school, after school special. You can just, yeah. But I just think it's special. I think it's, it's so different, but it reminds me of like the Ted Lasso of this year. It's Mm. just full of heart. It's like, if, if, if it's like the, I don't know, hacks will make your life easier and better. Um, Okay. And then there's this also amazing thing that people have been trying to get me to try for ages. And I kind of have this like sneaking suspicion that every single day that, that it will change my life if I do it. And, um, and I still don't do it ever. Um, because there's so many things this could be as you're leading up. I'm like, there's like, what do you think? (laughs) Take a guess. What could it be? Okay. So it's this idea that all of these health not people are always telling me to do. And and it's it's called drinking water. <gasps> oh yeah, that's very on trend. It's it's like water is like it's like if you took a coffee but then you filtered out the coffee, what would be left is called water. And it's uh-huh. like this clear um thing, liquid that um I don't know, sporty people drink. Where can you get it? Coffee. Where, you, where do you well, where do you get yours? I mean, there's different places, but like in my kitchen, I have this like thing that I just go and it just pours out. It just pours out. I know. I know. So I've been drinking water and I've been trying for this is this. Everyone's going to get mad at me, but I'm just trying for two glasses a day at the beginning. 
I know sister, it's bad. I'm serious. I don't drink water. I'm a dehydrated prune. Okay. But I would like to so far extol the virtue, the life-changing virtue of water. Like I feel better. I feel better with just my two little glasses. I'm going to go for three. Okay. So jury's still out on this people, but Glennon has a hunch. Water good. (laughs) Yes. It makes me feel better. Okay. So I feel like I could, I just, after I drink a glass of water, I feel like I'm one of those health gurus. Like I should be an influencer. I should be a health influencer. (laughs) Did you get sponsored by water? (laughs) I know. Okay. So we can do hard things, but we can also do easy things. We can watch hacks. And by the way, I don't like know them or like, I'm not, I don't have any (laughs) affiliation with hacks. They're going to write to us and be like, please stop invoking our (laughs) show in your show. And drink a glass of freaking water. Okay. Every time I think I'm a big thinker, I'm a big, I have big feelings. I get really overwhelmed. Okay. And so at least once a day, I think I have to have, I have to have a new life. I have to like Mm -hmm. quit my job. I have to have a new state. I have to move. I have to have a new family. I have to have a new religion. I have to have new friends. I hate everything. I need all of these big things. And what I think I really need is just a glass of water. Yeah. Right. Like when the big feelings come, think small. Drink a glass of water. We love you so much. We can do hard things, but let's also try easier. All right. We'll see you next week. We Can Do Hard Things is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs>